Hi friends, welcome to the Wabi Sabi podcast. This is episode number 143, I love you. It's also time for us to reflect on 20 years since Top Chef. Here we go. Something I never talk about. My cards have been very close to my chest for 20 years. And I think it is time to share with you 20 most important things I've learned since I was on Top Chef at 22 years old. Next year will postmark 20 years since the inception of the inaugural season of Bravo's Top Chef with our executive producer Andy Cohen before he was a mega superstar. Yes, indeed, he was an EP, that's an executive producer, on the set with us shooting in San Francisco, California for the very first season of Top Chef. It was a time to be alive. There was no social media. There was no Twitter. There was no Instagram. There was just dirty game playing and cooking and shit that we saw when we were shooting behind the scenes. And then as we learned 20 years later that culinary competition shows are virtually the only type of shows that have able to, that have been able to sustain the last 20 years on TV and media and also largely in publishing the landscape has changed tremendously at the time I lived in Pasadena California because I went to a Le Cordon Bleu program in downtown Pasadena I paid my way through culinary school on my own because my mother laughed at me when I told her that I would be quitting modeling and going straight to culinary school. And I said, I'll show you. I'll pay for it on my own. I wanted to show her that I could make it. I'm not sure because it is immeasurable to tell somebody if you've made it or not. But I will lead you through 20 things that have helped me to be a better entrepreneur that have helped me stay very relevant, that have helped me stay at the top of the wellness, food, and beauty scene, and that have also helped me to be a better person. I would like to think that when I was on the show at 22, I did not know who I was. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't have any money in my bank account. I was a fit model and a print model in LA. I didn't go to Hyde Park CIA, the Culinary Institute of America, by choice because I didn't want to live in a dorm with a bunch of kids again. I had already done that at Long Beach State, and I felt like at 22, I needed to be in my own apartment with my own kitchen and bachelorette pad. I remembered I had broken up with my a darling college boyfriend, Doug, at the time, and I, I felt so sad, but I knew that our time... Um, had passed and that we needed to move along. So I moved myself on on my own up to Pasadena and attended culinary school and I was studying for a meets intro to exam and I had grabbed a piece of paper at the library and written all these notes on the back to study for an exam in culinary school at 22. And I crumpled the piece of paper up when we were done with the exam because I didn't need it anymore. And there was this casting call on the back that was at the library. And I had written all these notes on it. And it said, from the producers of Project Runway comes Bravo's Top Chef. And of course, nobody knew what it was at the time. I thought it was interesting that I had like taken this specific piece of paper from the library and saved it. So I uncrumpled the piece of paper up. And I actually reached out to Randy Bernstein and Danielle Harrington. Danielle, rest in peace. Um, She had passed away uh, recently. And they were two casting directors that helped the trajectory of the beginning of my culinary career 20 years ago. So these are the top 20 things that I've learned that have helped me to really become who I am today. And I really hope that they can help you as an entrepreneur as somebody who is possibly struggling, starting out a business, learning how to do the grind the way you want to, or maybe you just want to hear from the experience of a marginalized female voice who's really fought tooth and nail to make it. I'll also preface before reading this full list to you, one note that is important to stand out from the rest. 
I had the honor of working with an incredible agent for many years, about a decade, with a gentleman named Strand Conover. And Strand single-handedly helped to change the trajectory of my career. Here I go, I'm like tearing up already. I love Strand like a brother. Um, And there was another agent named Justin Ongert as well that really changed my life and really fucking believed in me. And those are two gentlemen that I take my hat off to and I thank deeply. My hand is on my heart. There are many others too, and I could rattle off names, but you don't know who they all are. So I just would rather tell you that they are excellent. And there is something that Strand used to say when he presented to the agents at WME about me when I was young through, you know, the age I roughly am today. And he used to say to people, Candace Kumai is a prime example of a chef that did not have a platform handed to her. And she still gets as many, if not more branding deals than chefs that have their own platform. And for that line that was used at multiple marketing meetings, apparently, I was used as a case study for many people to focus on. I'm not one of those people that will boast or brag about where I'm at because fortunately or unfortunately, I have a Polish-American father who's, you know, very tough. And I have a mother who is a tiger mom from Japan. And these two individuals will make sure that I will always stay humbled and I will always remember where I came from. And my dad will continuously tell me to get off my high horse as soon as I feel like I'm anything special. But to Strand's point, it is true. I was never good enough to be on the roster at Food Network or, say, any other big network. So I always fought to keep my name on those rosters, whether it was free work until 2 or 3 a.m. or going out of pocket to help to put out a cooking show or a production or judging one of their shows for free or out of pocket. I did it because I wanted people to learn that cooking with real foods and cooking Japanese, cooking with clean ingredients was really necessary in the forefront of the American decline in health. And whether people want to pay attention to that or not, it may largely be because it's just not a huge moneymaker at this point in time. But I will tell you, I'm proud to be the case study I'm proud to be the girl that kept my name on the roster. I may not have what other people have, but I certainly have my dignity and merit and respect, which is something we'll go through today. So if you're struggling, if you're starting out, if you're young and hungry, or if you're in your 40s and you just want to start a new career or you need a fucking reset from somebody who has lived it, breathed it, and is still doing it, here I am. I highly recommend you sharing this list of 20 to all of your friends. I don't do these very often, but when I do, they do wildly successful compared to the rest of our, uh, you know, the writing that I do on my website. I'll try to put a full list out there as well, but please do share it and know when you support me, whether it's buying a book, writing an audible review for Spirited or writing a review for this podcast, Wabi Sabi, you are indirectly helping me to pay bills at the end of the day, which is not something I typically ask for, but I do need your help to keep going. So please make sure that you do one of the three, buy a book of mine today. They're all listed on Amazon. They're also on my website, CandiceKumai.com. Sign up for my newsletter or write a review for one of my books or for this podcast. Thank you guys. I truly appreciate you. Hand is on my heart. These are the things that I learned since Top Chef season one. Here we go. Be a good person. While this doesn't seem to be valued in our society these days, I can tell you that if I still exist and you still exist, we certainly can continue to reward goodness, purity, and those who do care about being a good person. Do not follow or reward those who get work and attention from poor and classless actions or behavior, aka if you see somebody that's thirsty, doing clickbait, doing the wrong thing to get attention, or just being vulgar, wild, crazy, gross, irrational, just don't follow them. It's really simple to be a good person. It means be kind when you can be kind and you can always be kind. Number two, 
Don't expect anyone to hand you a job. You're going to have to get out there and you're going to have to work for it. As an entrepreneur, I will tell you firsthand, I rarely get a call from anyone saying, we've got a gig for you these days. The floodgates of social media have opened up a trajectory of work that has been the wild, wild west since I can remember when Instagram came out. So I would like to really give you this best advice I can on this. You're going to have to create work for yourself. You're going to have to do pitches. You're going to have to sell yourself to the right people. And you're going to have to have the utmost faith that somebody is taking notes and they are watching you and that they will see the impeccable work and integrity that you have put behind your work, especially if you are very consistent. I highly recommend for you to stay consistent throughout your work, your messaging, and with your brand. Number three, be wary that not everyone will like you. Be strong enough to love yourself, especially when things fall apart. Let them And if they are meant to be, they will always come back. You know, this can pertain to friends who certainly are old friends of mine that I know talk behind my back or have. That is just an innate part of nature and it will happen to all of us. Or it could pertain to an old flame romance. I mean, maybe it was cuffing season and you were with someone or maybe it was your twin flame. But You have to remember that at some point, things will unravel and things fall apart. Also, if you're a public person like I am, you will have to expect that people won't always like you. Being liked is the business of social media. It doesn't necessarily mean that you are wildly successful or talented. But being liked is also a trait that I highly recommend you not focus on. I would rather you be yourself. Michael Gervais, a doctor that I work with, has said on his podcast, Finding Mastery, and in his book, the first rule of mastery is don't care so much about what other people think of you. We tend to focus way too much on the perception of others in our lives, so much so that we can end up cock-blocking ourselves and our own success and the pinnacle of the forefront in which you were meant to chase can be totally blocked out by your thoughts. So a lot of times we just need to overcome these belief systems that we've been accustomed to having in our lives that don't really work for us anymore. We also need to remember that not everybody is going to like you. And that is a fact. I have many examples of this we can go through in another pod. But I do want to let you know that not everybody will like you. You must be strong enough to love yourself on your own, especially when things fall apart with friends, family, work colleagues, twin flame. Could be the fucking neighbor, somebody around the street corner. I mean, whoever you are, maybe you're a street walker. Uh, Be wary that not everybody will like you, but be strong enough to love yourself and to have mental strength. That leads me to number four. The stronger your mental health, the more you will continue to soar and fly. Those who are the strongest in mental health and wellness, those who are the most real, And those who are the most authentically themselves, those are the individuals that I've seen fly because they don't have to live with shitty demons at night and they can sleep just fine. So have strong mental health. Have a strong sense of who you are. If you know certain people are fake, maybe keep them at an arm's distance. But keep as authentic as you possibly can to being yourself. Try to remember that little girl when you played dress up or you played, my sister and I used to play poor when we were little. I don't know why. Excuse me if it's offensive to anybody. I just, we used to like build forts and, but we loved it. it I don't know why it was like something we really enjoyed. And it was just what we played. I'm just stating facts. And her name was Jen Jen and my name was Can Can. And, we 
we had a great time. I want to channel that inner Candace and Jen Jen as much as I can and know that's who I truly am. I practice strong mental health and wellness by meditating, getting a lot of good sleep, surrounding myself with really good people, and also eating nutritious fruits and veggies and foods I cook on my own. Wellness doesn't have to be overcomplicated. You actually need to simplify a little bit more in order to find strength in mental health. You don't need to buy anything to be mentally healthy. You don't need to practice anyone's um, belief system. You just need to be a good person and understand the trajectory of your life will not be perfect, wabi-sabi, but you will be a stronger and better person if you are mentally healthy and well. Number five, hot bodies only come from two things, working out and eating well. If you want to take a shortcut and have a very weird skinny fat body, that's fine. But as a former fit model that was measured from inch to fucking inch, and I mean thighs, butt, hips, waist, arms, legs, ankles, you name it. I did that for almost, how many years did I do that? From like 19 or 18. I mean, modeling really started at 15, but fit modeling started around 18 or 19 until I was in my late 20s, almost into my 30s. And I, I think I learned mostly from being a professional fit model. That means being a mannequin for companies like Calvin Klein. I did like swimwear with Roxy and Rip Curl. And I, I did jeans with Chip and Pepper and Habitual and Seven and American Rag. I learned mostly that... If I worked out and I ate right, I could really keep my body in the best shape and I could maintain health with balance. So there was no yo-yo dieting. There was no going up and down. There were no drugs involved in weight loss or no shortcuts. It was only two things. We talk a lot about this a bit more in podcast 142. Number six, exercise, eating fresh fruits and vegetables And cooking whole and real delicious foods. I've always stuck to this as my story. I haven't changed. I've been consistent. So if you want to be successful, be consistent, be real, and be honest. Because those are really the things that I do. Number seven, have grace for everyone. In the last 20 years, I've dealt with more shitheads than I could count. I've also been one myself. I'm raising my hand. I am not perfect by any means. I was probably a lot more whack when I was like in my 20s. (laughs) And I also wasn't. You know, I look back at Top Chef season one and I'm like, wow, you were fucking composed, Candace. And you were cute and adorable and like sort of like had this like naivety and whatever it is you know, I was naive. Obviously, I was in culinary school and I was so young. But I will tell you this, the tiny wonder and sense of curiosity that I carried with me was enough for the good people on the cast and crew to have grace for me because they said, she's young. She's she's not able to make it. I mean, Harold, the winner of my season easily said, Candace technically just isn't there. Case in point black and white. It is what it is. She's 20. You know, what does she know? Nothing. She's on her way there though. So I'm not going to knock her. So grace is something that I carry for people even now when I'm having a rough time. I have to remember that I need to give people time to get back to me on email or phone call or text or DM. I need to give my own family grace sometimes if we're not getting along or maybe I'm in a PMS mood I have to give my own partner grace sometimes if one of us is grumpy or sick or things aren't going your way in whatever capacity. Maybe somebody was rude to you off the subway, the train, in line getting a coffee, you know, let it go. It's not worth picking a fight with stupid. So you may as well just take a deep breath and be the bigger person. 
I'm not saying that everybody you bump into is going to be stupid, but <laughs> you can you can pretend they are in your head and then you can say to yourself, oh, no problem. Don't worry about it. I often when people run into me or bump into me or, you know, say they accidentally like poke you with their umbrella or something on the street, I just let it go all the time. And I tell people, oh, don't worry about it. No worries. Have a great day, you know, and smile at them. You'll be so surprised when you start to learn how to have more grace for people. And this particularly comes from being patient. And that comes from meditation. With meditation, you open yourself up to so much more space and grace. So I continuously recommend for you to be more clear and have more clarity in your brain. To give yourself more time for deep thought. And to give your mind a rest because when you are rested and calm and clear, you make better choices with your life. You are able to breathe deeply and you are able to give others grace. If you have the choice, have grace and always take the high road. Number eight, tough mental wellness really is a practice that I think has helped me the most through the 20 years. I don't think I would have survived in that tattooed up chef's world that I kind of entered into because I'm not a tatted up white male. I was lucky that I was cute. I was lucky that I was charming. I was lucky that I knew how to cook really, really well and write really well and take beautiful photos. But I had to use the cards that I was given with like to my full advantage because it was all I had. And by God's grace, I was really lucky to be Japanese because that is one of the the three trifectas in culinary, French, Italian, Japanese. So I had a lot of skills by nature that my mother taught me early on that nobody else knew. But my mental wellness was tested on Top Chef when I was talked shit to by Stephen and Tiffany the entire season. I was tormented by both of them on camera and off camera. And I will never forget what that felt like when I was a little girl. I will never do that shit to somebody that is far younger and far less experienced than me, ever. I made it a goal a long time ago to be a good example for young women to follow and look up to by trying to be a better person. By no means does it make me perfect, but I remembered Lisa and Andrea and Cynthia and Leanne and Brian, Miguel, Dave, Harold, all of these individuals on my cast stood up for me and they did not tolerate the bullying. I mean, there was a lot that went on in that house that I do not talk about and it was extremely difficult to keep my head high. Following this season, I wasn't treated well by production either for various reasons, and this continued while I was in food. I had lots of girls even, whether they were food stylists or prop stylists or photographers. I had many women along the trajectory of my 20-year path since Top Chef be really shitty to me. They took advantage of me. They talked behind my back. They tried to claim the work as theirs when it was mine and I had just hired them as a work for hire. I don't think that I understood what was happening at the time because I was so young and naive. I was still learning the ropes. I also never learned finances when I was younger. On my first book deal with Pretty Delicious, my solo cookbook that came out after Cook Yourself Thin, I was taken heavily advantage of and my entire book advance was used to pay other people, which left me with nothing but a really small fifth floor walk up on Avenue C and 12th in the East Village with no money left. Studio, tiny walk-in, squat house next door. I never had furniture when I lived in New York for like the first five or six years. It was normal. My friends came over and we slept where we sat on a yoga mat on the floor and had cocktails. But I get back to saying this. If I wasn't tough with mental wellness, I always worked out and I always had girlfriends and I had good parents. And here and there I dated some nice guys that turned into shitty guys after a while. 
but I always kept tough mental wellness. So flex your wellness mentally as much as you do physically and emotionally, but also remember that mental wellness is what will get you through to the other side when people treat you horribly. I'll never forget how people made me feel, and you won't either. So remember to take good care of yourself and of others. And keep in note that I was never perfect and never will claim to be, and my life has been a very bumpy crazy wild ride and I might not change it ever it is what it is number nine take advice with a grain of salt and only from somebody far wiser and more accomplished than you two of my mentors James Higa and Rhoda T. Son taught me to be a better person because they were full of integrity and grace and they also had incredible resumes behind them Not only were they both from Okinawa and they had great experience from Apple with Steve Jobs to Ito NT, I really valued their calm and cool attitude towards me. I also had this great literary agent named Kirby Kim when I was really young and Kirby really taught me to learn how to stay cool and calm because I was such a firecracker when I was a younger girl. And I thought, how interesting that many of my mentors are Asian. Another thing that you should always take advice from somebody who looks a lot more like you. I'm not going to have Warren Buffett's trajectory in my life. I'm not going to. I don't live on, you know, I think he lives out in Massachusetts or something. I'm not sure. But I'm also not going to worship a white man you know, there are lots of them I can name that have incredible podcasts that I very much respect and look up to. But I will never be able to have their life because I'm not a white guy living in Canada or Austin or LA. I'm I'm an Asian, I'm a Eurasian mixed hoppa girl who lives in New York City in Brooklyn now, and I write books for a living. And even then the trajectory of my career has taken shape in many different forms. So it was much easier for me to take advice from Kirby Kim, James Higa, Rona Tisan, or other Asian females, most recently Patsy Brown, who's half Korean. I also would only take advice from somebody who was a lot more successful than me, like Ariana Huffington, my friend Jenna Kutcher, or, or even my friend Miranda. I look at the things that they're doing because they are successful And I study them and I have mad respect for them. So ladies, follow ladies, support ladies. If you're Asian, follow the Asians. If you're black, follow your black colleagues. If you are Muslim or if you are Native American, follow your Native American friends and Muslim friends. If you're Jewish, follow your Jewish friends. Just do yourself a favor and follow your people and you will see just rainbows of opportunity open up. Also, the best gigs that were ever given to me in my life were by black women and Asian women and a couple of Caucasian women. So it's always been a trajectory of more of a reflection of who I am because I really connect with those types of ladies, marginalized voices. So remember, Advice should be always taken with a grain of salt. It should not be taken from a moron on TikTok. Number 10, no people will always talk about you, no matter what you do. They talk about Martha. I'm sure they talked about Julia. They will be cruel to you. People will let you down. Let them. This is sadly called life. And as we say in Japanese, Shikataganai. It cannot be helped. I think number 10, what sort of punches me in the gut the most is this one. People will let you down. Oh boy, where do I begin with that one? Whether it was an email or a call that was never followed up on, a meeting where they promised me the world with the cherry on top and I never saw it come to fruition with no follow-up and complete ghosting, or maybe it was a man who promised me the world and held my hand and told me all these wonderful things were going to happen with us and they never did. 
Whether these things are a blessing or not, I will never know. But I was certainly disappointed by many individuals in my life. And you know what? I'm sure I disappointed a lot of people as well. Particularly my parents. <laughs> that, that's another pod too. It's, you know, it's just part of life. And again, I tear up slightly as the clouds here are very dark in Brooklyn and it starts to get early. It starts to get dark early and the branches have lost all their tree leaves. And, uh, well, I can get a little glum here, can't it? I will always try my best, and you should too, to have faith. And to believe that if somebody let you down somewhere or they lied to you or you found out they were talking behind your back or they stole from you or they cheated on you or they just never, ever reached out to you again, I would trust in your heart that people are trying their best. She got the ganai. It cannot be helped. And thus, in order to alleviate and move on from suffering, we have to learn to let go. Send them your best, no matter what. People will never, ever forget how you made them feel. Maya Angelou. Number 11. Times will change. You may be at the top one year, And you will have fallen the next. Keep going. Because Martha and Julia Child did not make it big until they were in their 50s. Remember that, ladies. You can play number 11 over again if you need to. But times will definitely change. And you're going to have to adapt instead of complaining. And you're going to have to remember that Martha and Julia Child didn't make it big until they were both in their 50s. Number 12. One of the things I've learned that's really important that I have to remind myself of constantly is that instant success is not lasting and it's not for everyone. Most of us will not have a viral moment. Therefore, it is always best to work hard to perform quality work with integrity, to choose to do something meaningful with your life and career, useful is a good word, and to keep going because the right people will give you the right opportunities at the right time, and you have to believe it. But instant success is fleeting and it doesn't exist. It is like the suit of perfection, wabi-sabi. Perfection is fleeting and it just does not exist Trust that even my friends that have had virality and viral moments will also struggle and see their time when it doesn't work anymore and it fades. How will you choose to handle this? And how will you reinvent yourself and your life? Number 13, don't compare your journey to anyone else's. It's impossible to be the same And it will never be the same. There will always be someone prettier, smarter, thinner, and richer than you. It is best not to compare your journey. I'm almost 42. So if you're 22, we can't compare. Come on now. Let's just say, I'm sure my butt looks great compared to a 22-year-old's because I work out daily, but I can't compare my body to 20-year-old's anymore. And if you catch yourself doing that, I mean, you have to remember we're in our 40s. (laughs) Things change. You can still keep it hot and tight and right by doing bar method and by doing, you know, running or butt exercises or squats or weights or lifting. Maybe you love swimming or biking or cycling or surfing, but whatever you do, Just remember that you can't compare your journey to anyone else's. No two stories will ever be the same. So you've got to let go of that idea of comparison to anyone else. 
I know it's hard, especially these days on social, but be smart because I know you are and use your noggin and say to yourself, I am going to do my very best to be successful on my own with the cards I was dealt. That's the body you have. That's the brain you've got, the heart, the hands. That's everything that you've got. Use it to the best of your ability and be very grateful for what you do have. Number 14, learn to let go of the things and the people that cause you suffering. Remember that suffering is optional and you can opt out at any time. I don't know who needs to hear that today, but I have a feeling that you need to hear that. So let go of the people, places, the things, the jobs, the homes, the careers, the financial debt, the things that just don't work for you anymore. Let go of it. And try to move along the best that you can. Knowing that life is not perfect, wabi-sabi, suffering is an optional part of life. The quicker you learn to let go, it's like ripping off the band-aid. Do it soon. (laughs) Don't let it linger like I did. I've tormented myself for many years over many things. And it was like carrying around baggage. And at one point, I just was like, fuck, I got to let this go. I didn't know I was allowed to let go of holding on to pain points and suffering and ex-boyfriends, old habits, addictions that just tormented me. And most recently, having to read comments from women that are not very nice. I've got to let go of those things that cause suffering and just fully opt out. And you can too. Number 15, inner tranquility and peace. This is what you must seek out, not happiness. Happiness, much like perfection also, is fleeting. It is impossible to be happy all the time. And in fact, it would be kind of sickening, wouldn't it? A little weird. So for me, I think tranquility and inner peace is total bliss. I don't know where this has come from. I don't know how, but I know that meditation and good quality sleep, eating really well, taking fish oil every day, a probiotic, making sure that I stick to my routines and I set healthy boundaries with people. This has really helped me to find more inner tranquility and peace. Keep to a routine, stop seeking out happiness. Don't let the virality of a post or a like or some guy fucking texting you make you happy. Keep it tranquil, peaceful, and maybe just have a level head in what you're doing in your life. And the cooler you are, like my old agent Kirby used to say, the more people you really will attract. So just stay chill and calm if you can. Number 16... Read more books by solid authors and writers or watch more documentaries by solid documentarians and directors and writers. Why? Well, online, social, downloads, PDFs, YouTube stuff, TikTok stuff, it can sometimes be trash. So watch out for the scammers, the fakes, the wannabes, the con artists. They are everywhere these days. Remember to find the solid authors who've stood the test of time. Be curious about the people are that you are following. Do research on people that call themselves and tout that they are an expert. Do research and be curious on the people that you are surrounding yourself with. And once you do find information on them, figure out whether this is somebody that you would like to emulate in your life or not. Personally, I like people who are self-made 100%, who have worked through the gauntlet, proved themselves, who have decades of experience, who have a smile on their face and can crack a joke or have a tequila or whiskey with you at any time. 
I'm not interested in anybody telling me about their ego, their success, their bank account, how big their dick is. I, well, maybe in some cases that would be nice to know, but I mean, I really am one of those people that loves humility and grace and kindness and generosity. And I surround myself with other women that are like that. Women that stick to their word, women that invite me to things that include me in things and that know how to love and support. That is by far more important than some online trash, someone trying to sell me something, tell me something, or somebody trying to show off. Maybe you have a big dick. Great. Good for you. But my whole point is there's a lot of really bad advice out there on social and YouTube and just Googling. So if you can read a solid book by a solid author, professional, somebody who has a proven track record, please do diligence. The floodgates are open and you need to be a much better gatekeeper of who you allow in your one precious and beautiful life and mind. Don't let them take up real estate in there. It's a very valuable space up in your brain. Number 17. Most of the time in reflection, my Japanese mother was right. I fought her for a very, very long time. Until we became friends only a few years ago. I finally had less resistance and more of a life that really made sense when I listened to my mother's advice. If you have a good mom, you are so blessed and so lucky. My hand's on my heart. Or maybe you have a good father or a really good mentor or teacher or therapist or spirit guide. Tap into them. Be grateful for them and celebrate them. And maybe you can do something kind for them as well. My mother and I had a tumultuous relationship for many years, as did I with my father and my sister. To put it blunt, I had a shitty relationship with all three of them because of me. It wasn't any of them. I was tough. I was a Taurus, or still am. I was a fighter, and I had a fire inside of me. I felt neglected in a way where my sister was perfect and academic and she got all the attention because she was this perfect child to emulate. A good student, a good friend, really pretty, could sing, dance, draw, do anything better than me. So I did sports because I fucking excelled at kicking a ball or, you know, hitting a ball or playing catch or shooting a goal. I was killer at it. I was also really good at art projects and putting together anything in the arts, singing, dancing. I did a lot of the same things as Jenny, but we had a tumultuous relationship for various reasons. A multicultural household, many different religions we were practicing, a rift between, you know, who was I culturally, where did I come from? I think until you learn to accept that you might have been wrong in your relationships with your family and friends too... You can find a sense of alleviation, relief, and you can apologize to them too. So maybe this Christmas is a time for me to let them know that I'm sorry that I was so... I was... Argumentative. Not easy. And a lovable shithead for a long time. And my mom was right. Number 18. Cynthia from Top Chef was always my real friend. Interestingly enough, Cynthia Sestito and I from season one of Top Chef had the largest age gap between the two of us on Top Chef. And yet we became the closest. I believe I was the youngest person to ever be on the show And she was one of the wisest. Find the ally that believes in you from the beginning, especially when nobody else does. We went on to do very big things together in Malibu, in the Hollywood Hills, in the Hamptons, in the city. We cooked for notoriously famous people, and she still does. We cooked for a bunch of fucking killers. I can't, I don't really want to say who they are because I I feel like. 
we'll get to that one day. Not important. But the important thing is, is that the success that we had was internal and it wasn't necessarily needed to be shared open to the public. Not all success stories need to be bragged or boasted about. Sometimes it just sits inside of you for you. And mostly for the trajectory of your life, it's important for you to have these personal stories just for yourself or your loved ones so you can enjoy the little wins that you have. Cynthia is still my friend to this day. She cooks out in the Hamptons. She has a bake shop called The Cookery. And you should check her out in the Hamptons. I visit her now and we talk all the time. And we rekindled our relationship during the pandemic. And I couldn't be happier to be her friend. And that we had the experience of Top Chef together. Wonderful woman. And fucking hilarious. Number 19. It is better to be respected and to seek merit than it is to be beautiful, successful in finance or in power. Respect truly is all I have ever focused my career on and that has made the biggest difference in what I have chosen to do with my life. I want you to go out there and to be better. I want you to be the person that others look up to. I want you to be that person who's so buttoned up, classy, and is doing the right thing as much as they possibly can, sharing useful information that helps improve other people's lives. Whether you are selling, bedding, plants, maybe it's wellness products, beauty products, fashion, maybe you're working travel, maybe you are a publicist in marketing, or you work in computer science. Find the useful essence of what you have in your talents and skill set and use that and share it with the world. I'm not kidding. Don't play small. Play big. If you want to hear me talk about playing big, check out my podcast with Dr. Michael Jarvis on Finding Mastery because I only get to cook with Dan Levy or Selena Gomez for like 1% of my year. And that is when I will go big and I will go strong. I interviewed Anne Hathaway this year. I went on the Today Show multiple times. I was able to turn my career back around and be a bigger and badder person. But I could only do that because I always fought respect and merit. I didn't sell out from the beginning. I didn't say yes to everyone. I still say no all the time. I pass on most gigs that come my way. But I oftentimes say to myself, I've made mistakes here and there, surely. But I will always seek to be the bigger and badder person. And I think respect and merit are earned. I do think that most of those tatted up white male chefs from 15 years ago have respect and merit for me. And I have that for some of them. Some of them have grown out of that era. They don't all have tats. (laughs) But I... I brush by them all the time in a green room or on set or on different shows. And it is so nice to know that I have this space that I've created for myself. Much like the women, Julia Child and Martha, I would love to follow in their footsteps one day. And what will that take? It will take time. It will take patience. It will take grace. And it will take mad talent and respect. Those are not things that you can get in virality overnight or with some fucking YouTube or Instagram or TikTok that pops off. Those are all fleeting and they do not equate to lasting success. So you will remember it is better to be respected and to seek out merit than it is to be beautiful, viral, successful in finance or in power. Focus on respect. Play the long game. Number 20 and last, have gratitude for the small things that you have. I went to a memorial service yesterday. A beautiful woman named Stephanie that we all work with at Little Wanders had lost her battle to cancer and passed away. Rest in peace, Steph. You could tell the people that loved her the most had a lot of gratitude for the time that they spent with her on this planet. You can trip yourself out 
for a really long time if you try to think about death a lot. I think while we don't know how many days we each have here, we can choose to be grateful for what we do have. We can choose to be kind, useful, be supportive, and create a life that's really worth living and sharing. You could tell that Stephanie did so, and her beautiful husband and sister really said it best. Her husband said that he thought he would grow old with her, which broke my heart and everyone else's into pieces. And her sister was so beyond grateful for all the stories and little tidbits that people shared and memories of Stephanie. All this to say, have gratitude for the small things that you have. This is what makes life worth living and share that gratitude with others along the way. Kindness is the most powerful resource to success because at the end of the day, there is one thing you can always be no matter what and it is kind. It is free, it is needed, and it is loving. And nowadays you can share it with Somebody who might need that little bit of love. Gratitude for the small things I do have. This is what makes life worth living. And share it with others along the way. Kindness is the most powerful resource to success. At the end of the day, kindness is all you will have. Since this podcast went over a little bit. I want to tell all of you, it would be very good. I'll answer your questions next week. Denny Lima, I saw your question along with some others. But we ran almost on to an hour because this one was just so juicy. I don't want to get emotional, but I did draw tears a few times uh, on this pod. And I thank you so much for listening this year. To all of our guests and friends that have had me on their podcasts, to you for writing your reviews for Spirited and Wabi Sabi, Kintsugi Wellness, Clean Green Eats, Clean Green Drinks. Please keep them coming. It is what pays my very big and small bills and staff and crew. And I pray every day that we can still emulate Martha and Julia one day, which is where I do hope to keep going. So please comment and like all the AG1 and podcast posts on my YouTube, Instagram, and sign up for my newsletter at CandiceKamai.com. This is a free, ad-free podcast, and the only way we can keep supporting it and doing it is to make sure that you keep consistent with supporting our work with comments, likes, and sharing this pod with a friend. I love you guys. Have a great holiday and I will talk to you all very soon with all my love and all of my success over the past 20 years. I am grateful for where I've gotten. It has not been easy, but it has certainly been worth it. Have a great week. Love you all. Ciao for now.